A quick uh, dua request before we get to the, the short reminder, inshallah. Uh, Brother Usama Khalil, who founded Rida, which is a local organization that does a lot of really incredible work as it relates to helping refugees specifically. Uh, a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, Brother Azhar mentioned that he and his family have uh, come down with COVID and he especially has a difficult case. We ask Allah to heal him. We ask Allah to send him shifat. We ask Allah to heal the entire family. Uh, Brother Azhar also mentioned that he has two other friends who are on ventilators and are currently really struggling with, uh, with COVID. We also ask Allah to heal them. We ask Allah to make their health better than it ever was before. We ask Allah to make things easy for all of these families really struggling uh, with these issues. We ask Allah to help them through it. Uh, in terms of the, uh, the, the brief reminder tonight, uh, now we get to the point where Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he accepts Islam. And what's interesting to note is that he had known the Prophet for many years prior to this. They had known each other for a long, long time. But as soon as Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq as soon as he accepts Islam, he doesn't call him Muhammad anymore. He had known him for years, he had known him for decades, but now he would refer to him as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he, he's, he, he would recognize and, 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 uh, and respect the weight on the shoulders of the Prophet When Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq when he accepted Islam, it's important for us to, to take note that he did so very early on. Right? If you look at the, the first few people who accepted Islam, first you have you have Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, right? And, and, and people, it's really cool actually, people, you know, have different categories. So the first person to accept Islam was Sayyidah Khadija. She was also the first, uh, uh, the, the first woman, of course, to accept Islam. And then from, from the, the, the younger generation, you have Sayyidah Ali radiallahu anha, right? And then from, from the, the freed slaves, you have Zayd ibn al-Haritha radiallahu anha. And then from the free adult males, you have Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So each person has you know, their, their unique station. And what's important for us to know about all of them, and in tonight's case regarding Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq in particular radiallahu anhu, is that he accepted Islam right, very, very early on. And I want to, to emphasize that because that was before things improved and improved and improved over time. It took many years until they finally got to Medina. And then even then you have the Battle of Badr and you have Uhud. You have a lot of struggle. But when he accepted Islam, it was before it started to grow and prosper, before it became... Because in Medina, especially after the Battle of Badr, at that point, it kind of became sort of popular to be Muslim. Because now the Muslims, they didn't just win a battle, they won a battle going head-on against none other than Quraysh themselves. And all of Arabia had a very specific respect for Quraysh. There's a reason why Allah mentions in Surah Quraysh that they could travel freely and, and they, they didn't have to worry about hunger, they didn't have to worry about safety. Why? Because when they would travel north to Syria and south to Yemen, during that route, during, during you know, those paths that they would take, those highways back at that time, so to speak, you had a lot of highway robbery. But if you're from Quraysh, Hands off. Why? Because they take care of the Kaaba, they take care of the house of Allah Azza wa So they, they had a very, a very unique status among the Arabs in the peninsula. So when the Muslims defeat them in the Battle of Badr, there was a lot of, it had a lot of sway. It carried a lot of weight. 
And that was when things, it, it, was, it was a very symbolic victory, not just a literal victory, it was also very symbolic of who the Muslims were and who the Prophet was After that, you have, you know, it kind of became cool, like, hey, you're Muslim now, you're, you're part of the winning team, right? When, when I was growing up, the Golden State Warriors, they were a pretty, pretty awful team for many, many, many years. And then all of a sudden, things get to a point where they get really good, and then everybody wants to, to, to pick that as their favorite team. Understandably. Why? Because now they're up here. Now they're at the top. Not literally right now. They're kind of struggling. But there was that jump of going from, you know, not really good. And then they got better. And then they got really good. And they were the best of the best for a period of time. That happened after Bowen Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq when he embraced Islam. It was from the very, very, very beginning. From the very beginning. And this is a testament to his sincerity radiallahu anhu. Why did he believe in Allah and His Messenger so, not just so quickly, but also so deeply and firmly? His faith was never shaken. And we, we know the story as to why he, why he, you know, he, he gained the nickname As-Siddiq, the one who affirms the truth. Because after Al-Isra'u Al-Mi'raj, right, some people came to him and they were like, hey, you know, this is, you know, th this is what's being said. And... He affirmed the truth. If, if, if this is what happened, if, the, if that's what he's saying, then I believe in it. I actually believe in something far greater than that. That revelation comes to Muhammad that it comes to the Prophet right? so, so for us, on a practical level, what, what can we take from this? The importance of sincerity. To try our best to connect with the truth when we recognize it for being the truth and we try to live it as best we can. And you notice something. It wasn't just that he embraced Islam. It wasn't just that. What was, what was the, the, the secret of Abu Bakr? Something in his heart. Something in, he would pray and he would fast and, and he was very, very, very generous. But there was something in his heart. And you find numerous instances when he's at the forefront, he's the first one to do this, the first one to do that. The, so it's no coincidence that when after the Prophet ﷺ passes away, for him to be Khalifa, for him to... What did he do during those 23 years in order for him to be fully deserving of that? It was service. It was serving. You have to, you have to follow before you lead. So when it came to following, he was at the forefront of following the Prophet ﷺ. So when it came to Hijrah, he's with the Prophet. When it came to... You have numerous examples of this. Right? He's at the forefront of doing good. And that wasn't just something that happened in Medina, even in Mecca, even early on in Mecca. He was extremely generous for the sake of Allah. So another practical benefit for us to take from this, when, when we come across the story of Abu Bakr, and we're reminded of his generosity for us to do something generous, maybe within 24 hours, whatever works for that person, not just to learn, but to also live it. And Allah testifies to his generosity in Surah Al-Layl. In Surah Al-Layl. Right? At the end of the Surah, Allah mentions those, they give sincerely. Right? They give sincerely for the sake of Allah. Allah is testifying to the generosity and the sincerity of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq from day one. It wasn't just an idea that he, that he bought into. No pun intended. It wasn't, it wasn't just the belief. It wasn't just الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى we, we know the story of one day after Fajr. Not Aisha. Even if this was after Aisha, that would be a very impressive day. After Fajr, when the Prophet, ﷺ, after the prayer concludes and he turns around and, and he asks his community, he asks, you know, who, who, prayed, uh, uh, who prayed a janazah today? 
Abu Bakr raises his hand. Who's given charity today? He raises his hand. Who's visited a sick person? It's Fajr. <laughs> like, after Fajr, he raises his hand. SubhanAllah. So he's at the forefront of doing good, not just publicly when that, that had his time in its place, and he definitely did that, but especially privately. And what, what was that motor? It was something in his heart, something that kept telling him to, to, to do more and to give more and, and to do what he could. To the point, and we need to understand his background. He was very, he was very wealthy, radiAllahu anhu. But by the time, by the time he migrated with the Prophet والسلام, from Mecca to Medina, when that time came, and when when initially they go south, it was it was it was a very intelligent, strategic decision, because Quraysh they had the feeling that you know something was coming up. People they're starting to just disappear because they're migrating to Medina. And so, you know, their, their antennas are going up and they're paying attention to these different things. So they went south to throw them off, even though Medina is north. So they go south and they're in the, the, they're in the cave. Who's in that cave? Thaniyath Nain, right? The two are the Prophet himself, والسلام, and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq an. And when he felt worried and he tells the Prophet that, you know, if any, because there were these mercenaries, there, were, they had, there was a price on their head. This was not a cakewalk to just, you know, stroll from Mecca to Medina. Their lives were on the line. And, and he mentions to the Prophet that if any one of them, because they're, they're, they're inside the cave, and he, he whispers to the Prophet, if any one of them just looks down at his feet, then they're going to see us. And, and you find the, the Prophet with full confidence, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. he mentions to Abu Bakr, what do you think about two and Allah is their third? La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. Don't worry, Allah is with us. And what, what's, the, what's the ending of that story? Allah was with them. They were safe and they made it to Medina safe and sound. And, and we, we know the, the, the story after that, generally speaking. But what's the main takeaway from Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu to be at the forefront of doing good? Fastabiqul khayrat. It's not just doing good, which is good, but to be at the forefront. I asked one of the volunteers just now before Aisha, what time did they get here? They said 9.10. Like immediate, because I've been thinking about Abu Bakr the whole day trying to prepare and you know, put ideas together. One plus one is two. At the forefront, to be the first one here, to set things up, right? In service, in service to others. Service comes first. Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he, he was serving for 23 years. He, he earned his stripes. He put in his work. He rolled up his sleeves. He gave his charity to the point when they did migrate and his daughter Asmat, her grandfather, so her dada, right? Her father's father, Abu Qahafa, Abu Bakr's father, came to her. He wasn't Muslim yet. He would become Muslim many years later. He comes to her and he's like just saying bad things about Abu Bakr and Islam. And you know, he left and he probably left you guys with nothing. And she takes a bag and she has like some, some rocks in it. And because he was blind and she says, you know, it's, it's okay, grandpa. It's okay. And you know, just put your hand here, right? So he thought he was touching money, but she's telling him in a, in a very wise way. Just put your hand here, feel this. We're okay. Don't worry about it. He had so much. Where did that go? Freeing Bilal, freeing slaves, freeing slaves. And, and people from Quraysh, they didn't understand, like, why is he being so charitable with freeing people? He must want something in return from them. But Allah testifies he's not doing it with any strings attached. He's doing it for the sake of Allah. And, and, and Jannah was guaranteed for him. And Omar and Uthman and radiallahu anhum, but how did they act after they received that promise, that guarantee of Jannah? They didn't do less, they actually did more. 
they did more because they understood that work has to be put in. We ask Allah to make us people of iman. We ask Allah to make us people of action. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to learn from these different snippets, these different stories, and to digest them, process them, and benefit from them as best we can. And we ask Allah to help anyone who's sick. We ask Allah to grant them shifa. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil